Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm going to start with this top question that viewers have been asking us since Wednesday. Will you resign? No. No, no equivocation. Do you feel like that's no. even an appropriate question? No. Joe Biden said that on his first day of office, he will give transgender students access to sports, bathrooms, and locker rooms in accordance with their gender identity in all federally funded schools. Do you think he has the ability to do this, and do you agree with this decision? I agree with the decision, and I know he'll check things out thoroughly legally. Stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. Ah, the uniting has started. Thankfully, we've turned the page, and our politics now has been upended from the horrible, mean, evil, white-hot train wreck that it was. We're so much better now as a culture, thankfully. Ah, it's going to be one of the lessons of the last four years is that the craziness of the last four years had very little to do with Donald Trump. <laughs> it really just had to, it was the confluence of things that finally came to a head. And if this, if this, if Joe Biden decides to make the national conversation about using executive orders to make it okay for a, a man who's 18 years old in high school mm-hmm. who's or se- colleges i assume too oh yeah well but high school is even mm-hmm. who's saying who's declaring that he's now no longer a man and he's a woman so he wants to be able to use the female locker room where all the naked women are then we are going to have a problem And that is going to be a cultural conversation that the left, certainly in blue states, you've been scoffed at, laughed at, uh, and uh, uh, if you've done anything but completely applaud for something like this, Mm -hmm. completely applaud for, you know, a track star, a 17-year-old man, boy, track star, deciding that he's a woman and then racing and and, uh, beating all the girls in the field in in women's track, etc., You've had to just sit and take it if you've been in blue states. But if Biden tries to federalize this stuff, this pure insanity, and then that's going to be a problem. I'm not obviously saying that the, the trans people are insane. Although I don't know because I, if I, I don't know what they are, uh, how healthy different trans folks are, or or not mentally healthy. I don't know how healthy or mentally healthy any folks are. Now more than ever. And I certainly don't have a problem with anybody deciding, a guy deciding he wants to be a girl or a girl deciding he wants to be a guy. I understand that. And it's been happening forever. You know, it was whatever. I don't care. I don't want men with men equipment who may or may not be really interested in seeing naked women mm-hmm. walking into my the place where my daughter is uh, getting changed. And for me to say that, 
if that's considered an affront to somebody, they can go to hell because that is simply everybody's responsibility. There's a reason why in the YMCA in downtown, yeah. when we went to Melrose, that I didn't just stroll right into the ladies' room in the YMCA. I'm sure there were some pretty good-looking women in there. But you don't do that because there's a reason, and there's a, there's a security reason. The, the thing is, there is either COVID, in which case mayors like this guy from Michael Hancock shouldn't be going on the plane, or there is not COVID. One of the two is is true. There is either sexual assaults happening. There are either sexual assaults happening in this, in this in this country, or there are not on women. Because I was told, if you look at the statistics, that first of all, many of them, large percentage of them, go unreported, and also that they happen in places of opportunity. That's why under bridges, behind bushes, in locker rooms, places where you know if you're the predator, the man, it's almost always the man. If you're the predator, you have an opportunity to commit sexual assault, you know, uh, unhindered by a third party, generally, you know, or whatever other perversion it is. It only makes it, it just, are we seriously having to discuss this as if we have to build a case for whether or not this exists? Mm -hmm. There are rapists and pervs men out there all over the place, all over the place, in, just, just for the heck right. of it, just for the heck of it. Let's just keep the men away from the girls, just in case. I mean, Massachusetts has one of these laws about public accommodations um, that you have to treat people by gender identity. And they refused. Our legislature voted down an amendment that would carve out an exception for registered sex offenders in the law. <laughs> so it, it, there's no there's not even any um, like safeguards to this stuff. There's no safety rail on this to keep it from going completely into crazy territory. Uh, and, you know, that's how they wanted it. People put forward an amendment to say, like, why don't we at least just not include sex offenders in the men who are allowed in women's bathrooms? Right. And the legislature voted that down. No, sex offenders have the I, right to be in the women's bathroom, too. I talked to the Attorney General of Massachusetts about this and brought up this very same question. There are fathers like me parents who are worried about straight men saying they're saying they're trans who are going to walk into a bathroom and try to sexual assault people you know mm -hmm. who we are loved ones uh because if you're a perv then you'd exploit any, any loophole you can of course well right and it's not even and, a question her, 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 what she said to me was essentially is that we don't have a lot of uh metrics showing that th that's a crime that happens a lot well cuz it didn't used to be legal Right. Obviously. Well, but, but also, <laughs> no, it was never an opportunity. So, so, or, area she's, or they're, they're suggesting that, that sexual assaults and other assaults don't happen in restrooms, and if not, then why do we need the new laws? Right. Has there been has there been is this uh, this incredible spike in epidemic of of straight men seeing trans people in bathrooms and deciding that's the implication. Is it straight mm -hmm. men, obviously cretins and evil and mean anyway, the Trump supporters is what they're right. talking about, will see a trans person in a bathroom and obviously you got to beat them up, even if you have to you right. know, be in a business meeting in four minutes or whatever. No, I mean, you definitely. I, I mean, that's what audio that, here, so I'm going to have to fill in your audio after. Just saying I mean, is that what they're saying? Uh,. Yeah, that trans people are assaulted in bathrooms or attacked or made fun of or whatever. So it violates their rights to be... Well, which really, like, for most trans people... I mean, if you saw Blair White, who's this trans conservative mm -hmm. commentator, walk into the women's bathroom, would anyone bat an eye or tell Blair White not to go in that bathroom? No. In a million years. No, it, it's a non-problem. The problem is that... It's really, it's a gift to lawyers. It's so that people can sue businesses for, you know, if they say like, oh, excuse me, the men's is over there because they got confused. So you can sue them over it, you know, and that's what the laws codify because no one was really like doing this anyway. Nobody was checking genitals before people went in the bathroom. I mean, that's ridiculous. Nobody has ever done that. But people just use the bathroom where they generally look like they belong and everybody moves on with their day this was never like some huge issue and 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 the reason why people have a problem with it isn't because i don't want you know 
Blair White to be able to use the women's bathroom because I don't think that anybody thinks that particularly matters for anything. But the the reason why it's a problem is that you don't want businesses afraid to say something if there is a suspicious person going into the mm-hmm. wrong bathroom. And that's what this puts into law is it makes it so that when, you know, Tom Shattuck walks into the women's locker room at the YMCA, the business is afraid of getting sued so they don't do anything about it. You know? Right. And so they and so it removes that ability of a business to sort of if they see something weird and shady happening in bathrooms or locker rooms to sort of kick somebody out because they're afraid of getting called bigots, you know, and that's that's the issue. I don't care about trans people, which bathrooms trans people use. I care about people abusing the fear of businesses to get sued for discrimination, you know, like and abusing that fear. Like you said, people will find any loophole and it didn't used to be a loophole. Oh, my gosh. I used to work at a department store. At a cosmetics counter in a department store. And the people that the cosmetics counter girls all hung around with were uh, the ladies of the department store security team. Mm-hmm. Who uh, were, some were also like MPs at Hanscom and just did this Air part Force time base. and whatever. Right. Yeah, Hanscom Air Force Base. So these were, um, uh, there were a lot of women who love women among them. And right. uh, they love to hang out with the cosmetics girls. And their favorite thing, <laughs> their favorite thing was to catch some perv man walking into the women's locker room. And they would dress them down. Oh, that was the me. absolute <laughs> favorite, favorite thing that they'd love to freaking catch perverts in the women's locker rooms and yell at them and intimidate them and chase them out of the store. That was the out there, like, they lived for that. That's, yes. that's why they had the job. Yes. <laughs> um, and they can't do that anymore. So that's what you've taken away from the LGBT community. <laughs> is, is, the, uh, is the joy. Poaching, poaching is the, perverts. Is the joy of the department store security guards. So I hope you're happy. <laughs> and also, if Biden does this, this is not, this is not a moderate Maneuver. I mean, we've been shamed to ever suggesting careers have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. I'm on with Jerry Callahan tomorrow. This issue specifically torpedoed his on-air terrestrial radio career, right? And many other people. Mm-hmm. And because you can't even have a conversation. Yeah, you're not allowed to talk about this. You can't. You can't have an honest conversation about it at all. Which is why we are lucky that we have no sponsors because they can't be pressured. Alex. Right, yeah. Exactly you can right. call all of our sponsors yes. in about <laughs> in a very short amount of time, and uh, you can find them all and tell them to stop advertising on our show, which they will happily do. So good luck with that. Uh, you can't cancel us. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just funny to me because I don't think the people that are for these laws have ever talk to anybody who's against them and mm-hmm. listen to what their actual objections and concerns are. No. Oh, no, I can tell you for a fact, just back in the Herald Radio days, you know, I would talk to liberals and progressives and, um, and trans people, and they would all assume they knew what my problem was, and it was never what they thought. Mm-hmm. You know, and they would always assume you're suggesting that trans people are going to be sexual. It's like, that's not what no. I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting it's not a trans person. It's not a lesbian who's going to do the sexual assaulting. It's not a woman who's going to do the sexual assaulting. It's who always does the sexual assaulting, straight men. I'm afraid. Right. I'm worried that straight men are going to follow my little girl into the the room. And like you say, the the security's not going to say a thing, and it's not going to look at the in, in the. Uh, you know, the, no one will intervene, and mm-hmm. it, because, and that's a it's pro, it's a problem. That's going to be a problem. It's mm-hmm. also just it's, it's. Is it wrong to protect women? Why is that such a why is that a byproduct of this wonderful new progress we're making here in in woke America that the women have to be just tossed aside now? Sorry about that. You have to be a casualty to the movement here. Same thing with all these judges who are throwing out uh, not ju- well there are some judges uh, judges are throwing out cases or you know very progressive uh, district attorneys who are. Uh, you know, advocating to have to have uh, people released from jails and advocating to throw charges out. So you have rapists, prolific rapists. Is one who was who was raping people in Charles River around the Charles River in Boston for God, most of them more than ten years. Mm-hmm. Many women, he bang, he's free. There you go. 
thanks. You know, you put your few years in. But, you know, the way things were, that they, 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 the DA didn't want to, you know, overreach and they wanted to get what they could get and just get the transaction done, whatever. Well, right. I mean, it's interesting to me how many of um, the cases of, you know, police-involved shootings of black men have involved, um, in particular, crimes against women. Hmm. You know, um, a lot of the people who've ended up in these fatal altercations with police, not all, certainly, but many of them have had records in which they really treat the women in their lives abominably. Oftentimes, it's the women, oftentimes women of color, who call the police on these men because of the violence being committed against them. You know, so there's there's pluses and minuses to everything, liberals. It doesn't get to all be perfect every time, you know. Sometimes you have to, you know, choose one group of people over another group of people. And there's not a simple answer that just makes everyone better off. Sometimes you have to prioritize one thing over another thing. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to admit that because, you know, it is... It is women who end up getting the short end of the stick on these issues, oftentimes. Oh, now more than ever. More than ever. Um, so we're going to talk to VB in a couple of minutes and um, about a very – really kind of a classic funny story about uh, something happening here in Boston. There's a children's museum in Boston, and next to it somebody has opened a PB&J restaurant. Is this a chain, Alice? No. It's a one-off by one-off. Stonewall Kitchen. Okay. And uh, that's, of course, become a thing. That's a problem now for the world. We'll discuss that in a moment. But some interesting stuff popping up just this evening. I don't know if you ever follow James O'Keefe of Project Veritas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done some really good undercover stuff. Some of the stuff has been there. Some of the stuff has been really enlightening. He just records people in video undercover. And sometimes he busts people and sometimes they don't bust people. But it's very – the left immediately throws it out saying everything that he says has been completely debunked. And he lies about everything. It's not true. You can do the work yourself and find out. But he's managed to get himself in on the – morning meeting phone call of CNN with Jeff Zucker. Amazing. And there's nothing great on this that I, it's dro- it's dropping right now. Uh but he he did have a teaser video out where he jumps on the call to talk to Zucker. Washington. You're unmuted. Hey Jeff Zucker, are you there? Hey, yes. this is James O'Keefe. Uh, we've been listening to your CNN calls for basically 2 months uh, recording everything. Um, just wanted to ask you some questions if you have a minute. Um, do you still feel you're the most trusted name in news? Because I have to say, from what I've been hearing on these phone calls, I don't know about that. I mean, we got a lot of recordings that indicate you're not really that uh, independent of a, of a journalist. Okay. Um, thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, your comments. Um, so everybody, in light of that, I think what we'll do is we'll We'll set up a, a, a new system, and we'll uh, we'll be back with you. We'll do the rest of the call uh, a little bit later. We're going to release those recordings today at seven o'clock. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Good thinking, Jeff. I would uh, <laughs> set up a new meeting, as a matter of fact. That's probably a good idea. I mean, so CNN, I think, has been saying that they think there may have been a crime committed. Presumably, yeah. O'Keefe ran this by some attorneys and figured he's. He has gotten in some trouble before, but... He has. Well, I mean, maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. I was told that it's all good when you can whistleblow. The more transparent, the better. I'm fine. You want to... I think it's fun. I think I think the people at CNN have it coming. And uh, Zucker, I don't know if anything great's going to be on these things. I mean, you figure... You never know. Arrogant people, they just totally... Sometimes yeah. there's an arrogance that comes out, especially in meetings... Mm-hmm. Where the guy, somebody can't just shut the hell up, and it's remarkable what they'll say. Right. Remarkable. I, I mean, from what he said, it sounded like he was mostly <laughs> hinting that it turns out they're liberals, which I don't know is going right. to be like hugely Let's, breaking news. Right. I, to anybody. I heard a little bit of one tonight when they said, uh, "Okay, we got to be careful on what we what we cover for Trump because he's disputing the election. We don't want to put you know lend too much credence to this." It's like, yeah, that's what they would say at CNN. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we knew that. <clears throat> Uh, you know, if there's anything more salacious, we'll see. But there have been, I, you know, I've been in a, I was in a couple of meetings. Uh, it doesn't matter, nothing, but, but along the lines of protecting girls, uh, more than a decade ago, 15 years ago, I was, I was in a meeting with a superior just talking, and another guy, another guy who was a, a superior to me, mm-hmm. came in and talked to that guy while I was in the room, just kind of barged in and said, was mm-hmm. all excited. Because he had new, essentially, 
interns coming on and it was going to be a good time you know so was, yeah oh it was oh it was it was i was shocked because i was right there i mean i knew that these guys there's a lot of like flashy sales guys whatever and i knew that they like to have a good time and etc but to to be so bold well, I'm right there. They don't know if I'm cool with this stuff, you know? Right. I mean, there wasn't human trafficking going on, but they were just very pleased to be bringing on these. I, I Anyway, um, and it wasn't, there was nothing illegal happening, but if that had been leaked, that would have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't expect Zucker, considering there are, there are women on the call. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? I don't expect Zucker would do that. But I think we've all been in situations where it's like, you can't say this, this stuff. And actually, the more I think about it, the more it's people saying stuff and doing in, it, it, uh, men being inappropriate with women. Just to think about it. Now that we're on that theme of yeah. like women not catching a break, you know, I, I just, I'm just shocked. Just even like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I worked with a guy who used to kiss the women right on the lips. Guy was that was just he was you know he was oh charming he's a little handsy but charming he used to how yeah. you look beautiful this morning and right on the lips and this guy was like forty eight and there oh, some of these yeah. these girls were college I interns. seriously think there's I I mean I don't think anybody my age or older maybe for younger women it's different I don't know but I uh, I don't think anybody has gone through life without being in at least one workplace where you are warned to steer clear of one of someone. Yeah. Who was a problem person who was too touchy. I don't get it. I don't get why companies, I mean, nowadays, I guess they have to fire them because it's like a liability or, or take them aside and let them know to keep it to themselves. But I don't know how places put up with it for so long. Yeah, he just grabs the women like we can't stop. Oh, well, like we can't do anything. <laughs> he's he's a nice guy. He just keeps grabbing the women. Where he yeah, you have to be fondled and... a little bit. But, you know, just... it's cool. It's part of the job. <clears throat> So um, I do want to, before we get to VB, I do want to get to this mayor in Denver. Uh, Den- the Denver mayor, mayor, Michael Hancock, you know, ex- excoriates from, from on Twitter uh, the, right. the new COVID, you know, lock yourself inside rules while at the airport just before jumping on a flight. Right, yeah. He's at the airport tweeting, don't travel unless absolutely necessary. And in the meantime, he's about to get on the plane. Guy got absolutely busted. He had to do a um, a um, Zoom meeting call thing with a reporter. The reporter puts it right to him. I'm going to start with this top question that viewers have been asking us since Wednesday. Will you resign? No. No, no equivocation. Do you feel like that's no. even an appropriate no. question? No. No way. What do you mean? It's not Why? an appropriate question. Yeah, no, I had to go. I had, to get, I had a flight to get to. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> what to be? Yeah, no. I mean, the- no. Listen, I have not broken any laws. Um, I, I went against a policy advisement um, that even I gave out, um, and it was on. Wait a second, is this exonerating <laughs> him? <laughs> he didn't break any laws. Right. He broke the advice that he was giving you. Exactly. <laughs> Although he was not uh, targeted by his own crack squads of uh, in COVID enforcers. <laughs> it was hypocritical. It was a mistake that I deeply regret. It's so and, easy to be um, a hypocritical. And deeply liberal. apologize for, but it is not something that should stop the work that we have been doing for the last um, nine, ten months to really save this city. We have done enormous work with regards to combating this virus. I'm proud of the people I work with, and uh, I made a mistake. You know, I recognize that my- so Can we all make a mistake then, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> can we be free to do stuff too like you? Incredible. My job as mayor is to not only come up with, uh, come up with safe practices for the entire city, but also to set an example. And on that measure, I failed. And uh, I should have followed my own advice. Did you think you were going to go on this trip and no one would find out about it? You know, I never even thought about it. It's a personal, it was a personal trip, personal time. You don't understand. It's a personal thing. I had to go, I had stuff to do. Yeah, to see my I had daughter. people to see. Yeah, I, I have important things to do. I have loved ones that I care about that I don't get to see through all this. It's very tough on me. <laughs> of course, he's gainfully employed. Like, he give a crap. Instead of sitting down, uh, I should have stood up and walked back, got in my car, and drove back uh, to my house. Instead, I chose to sit there with my wife uh, and a number of other couples that were outside the household. So we're all good now. 
I was a hypocrite. I did bad. I screwed up. You know, we all screwed up. You know, my friend's 50th birthday really been planning on hard. <laughs> Number of other couples. It turned out 11 other couples. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, fine. Unreal. That's and fun. they're not the only ones either. Another one got busted today. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, he. I don't have audio of him yet, but uh, he is the mayor of El Paso. <sighs> and the mayor of El Paso... Uh, um, put out the following statement today. His name is, sorry, wait, Sam Licardo. So Sam Licardo says, A recent news report has raised questions about my family's Thanksgiving dinner last week. On Thanksgiving afternoon, my wife Jessica and I attended my parents' house for an outdoor dinner on their backyard patio, along with my sister-in-law. The five of us, plus my brother, have dined together appropriately spaced once or twice a week for several months as a stable group of three households. On this occasion, that brother joined us late and dined separately after we completed our meal. One of our one of my sisters also joined us for this Thanksgiving afternoon, along <laughs> with her son and daughter-in-law. Jesus. In five of us plus my brother is growing. Yeah, it was just five of us plus my brother plus three more people. In summary, eight of us representing five households sat around Jesus. three distanced tables in our own family groups on a back patio and we wore masks when not eating i have a very large family i am one of five children and several oh, of our well, family members family yeah. several of our family members who would have often joined us for thanksgiving in the past including sisters nephews nieces and cousins stayed home out of caution after return after i returned home There's usually 75 of us after i returned home i saw an nbc reporter's tweet that i dined at home for thanksgiving apparently based on information from my communications office <laughs> Since, I didn't tell him to say that. No way. Since that was inaccurate, I asked that we communicate with the reporter to correct the record by clarifying that I was at my parents' home. God, t- my home, doesn't pay my to be a flack. Home. That's <laughs> really tough to tell sometimes. The following day, my chief of staff reached out to that reporter, informing him that I was at my parents' house, which resulted in his report last night. I understand that the state regulations issued on November thirteenth limit the number of households at a private gathering to three. I apologize for my decision to gather contrary to state rules by attending this Thanksgiving meal with my family. I understand my obligation as a public official to provide exemplary compliance with the public health orders and certainly not to ignore them. I commit to do better. Yeah. So Sam Licardi commits to do better. My bad. We're all good now. Are you going to step down? (laughs) No, I have important work to do. (laughs) Out of here. There's no jobs in the private sector. I don't even believe. All right. It is time for VB. All right, here we go again. This is our it, bi-monthly, I'm calling it bi-monthly from going forward, chat with VB. You can get him on Twitter, at VBTheWise. He's a man of multiple gigs and uh, professional lives. And uh, I assume, VB, that you'll be uh, starting your own podcast very shortly. I can help you with that, by the way. And you can have some of uh, a taste of the success that I'm having here. <laughs> With Alice on the burn barrel. Good evening. I'd more prefer a taste of some of Alice's Christmas cooking. I hope that has begun, by the way. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, there'll be about 85,000 cookies. Mm. Uh, right. Which is, which is not something that I should, be have, I should have lying around. But this is, how we, this is how Alice does it. She goes big or it doesn't go at all. Alice, as much gingerbread as you want to make, oh, you send it on over. Gingerbread, oh, yeah. delicious. So, you, so last year, VB, we were in Vermont for Christmas. So we did a tree in Vermont, but I didn't want to bring up all our decorations. So instead, we made gingerbread cookies and had the kids decorate mm. them and hung those on the tree. Old school with some paper chains. And it was fabulous. It was lovely. Love it. We got, we got Love it. And by the way, the thing about gingerbread is I don't care how, quote, stale it gets, Jadik, you can eat that like 10 months later. Mm, you got to let it sit for a while in the yap, you know? You got to let it soften, but it will eventually. Mm-hmm. And down it goes. It's great. Or you can I, dip it in your coffee. Yes. Perfect. Yes. You guys are, have the <laughs> contemporary palates of the Waltons, the Chadwick, I'll give you a, uh, a VB exclusive right now. For the first time in my life, I am attempting to make malted milk balls this Christmas. Ooh, that sounds uh, exciting. Alice, don't encourage us. <laughs> I he like has malted a, milk He balls. has a sucky palate, Alice. You well, don't let you... VB, if you do malted milk balls, then what's next is for Easter, then you have to make them into little eggs. 
that that we can well, let's see how this baby steps. You let's know, see how when this VB Alice, I'm gonna try and make them with a red center oh. and a green center, Ooh. and then I'm gonna cover Don't them. Don't get white excited socks. for this crap, Alice. <laughs> I'm excited. I would rather have you be interested in the uh joining ISIS than joining the gingerbread club. I love gingerbread. The kid, Sally and I were already talking about it. About doing it's houses. terrible. It's it's great. If it's eighteen eleven, it's fantastic. But that's uh. so. What is your Christmas cookie of choice then? My Christmas. It's funny because you live with somebody who knows how to do this perfectly well. My Christmas cookie of choice is a chocolated chipped cookie that should be fifty fifty chocolate to dough, if not seventy thirty uh, chocolate to dough. It should be heavily chocolate. Your wife has done this before. It's made fantastic cookies. Wait, hold on. We have a child yelling in here. Alice, do something subtly um, but stern that people won't pick up on that repels him. <laughs> Children, the elves are watching. Oh, that's yeah, all that's, you got to Oh, yeah. That's, ours hasn't come out. Oh, they found him in hiding already because, of course, they can't leave anything alone. It seemed like you were hinting at a wife swap there, Shattuck, and it's, it's too early in the season <laughs> for that. I, I appreciate so, My wife's chocolate chip cookies are great, but they're all year round. There's nothing Christmassy about them. You gotta liven it up here. You gotta put a little peppermint in there. You gotta mm. you gotta get some... My wife makes a Christmas meringue that's oh, to die for. I did meringues last year, too. Oh, a meringue cookie? A meringue? Yeah. Are you really you sullying this podcast with they meringue? They were delicious, and I did don't, peppermint extract in them, so they were peppermint yes. meringues. Alice, mm. you and I got a rendezvous. That's all there yes. is to it. And then we I did. This is, this you were speaking my language, This is a boring sister. one. This is a boring oh. one, but it's really fun mm. for the kids, which is um, we do. We dip cho- uh, Oreos in melted chocolate, and then let the mm-hmm. kids decorate them with stuff and Obviously, let them that's dry. a winner. Obviously, that's so a winner. So that's a good one. And not just oil, the high-octane Oreos. They should at least quadruple stuff. At least. <laughs> okay. Alice Shattuck has it going on. Tom Shattuck, we're still befuddled as to what the strength is there. So one of the problems with the, the Alice, this is why he's got a palate that, that it's 19th century palate. When he was fat, he got fat from drinking soda pop. How does that even happen in the modern era? But that's how it happened. I like that you say. I like you say when I was, as if COVID didn't bring it all back. Believe me, it's it's a problem. Did it? No, but you're not. Yes, it did. We're not talking 1997. We're we're talking. We are way too much more. Really? Than we need it. Oh, good. I, I welcome you. I can be Santa, no problem. Come to my world. Good. I welcome <laughs> you, VB, because I've gone the uh, wrong. Dr- Ever since I went on a diet uh, like 18 years ago, I've just gained weight every year. But that's ending now. Alice and I have turned our lives around. That's boring. It's for another day. Let's talk about the peanut butter situation in uh, Boston, <laughs> Alice. Um. So the have you been to the Children's Museum ever, Thomas? I, I was there. You dragged me there, and it was a hellacious event. Um, three years with ago. a kid, not like on a date when we were single, right? But, with the kids, yeah. And I was there um, as a kid. Um and. Did, do you remember there's like a restaurant adjoining sort of the gift shop of the Children's Museum? It used to be McDonald's it, when and I was And then a kid. it was an Aubon Pain. Right, then it was right. Aubon And then now... I'm sorry, how did you say that word? Aubon Pain. Oh, okay. You're using the proper French dialect to say this. Yes. You are a VB kind of person. <laughs> Aubon Pain. Okay. So anyway, but I remember it as McDonald's. That's what I remember from mm-hmm. my childhood. But now it is um, a Stonewall Kitchen PB&J Cafe. Okay, does that mean it's all peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? No, it's a cafe for kids. It's got sandwiches. Yeah, of all but it's it's focused around, around peanut butter and jelly, which is that's, that's the main that's their signature offering. thing. Right. It's like Wendy's, right? Wendy's mm-hmm. has the mm-hmm. Dave's Deluxe or the Big Dave's Classic, or McDonald's has the Big Mac would be their signature. The PB and J Cafe has peanut butter and jelly, sure, but you can get other stuff there. Right. Okay. I mean. But it's certainly it's focused towards that. Okay, that's say. the theme running through it. Go ahead. And what is the problem? I mean, when they were so when people, well, what would be your guess as to what the problem is? My, well, I would. Think I wasn't most, sure when I first okay. heard this. I would think that the most pathetic thing would be that kids are allergic to peanut butter. Maybe is that it? Yes, it is. Okay, there are there are peanut allergy parents out there that think this was extremely distasteful by the children's museum to allow this to go in there because in theory, some child like yours could go in and eat a peanut butter and jelly and then go into the children's museum and the interactive exhibits and touch things when they might still have some sort of peanut butter residue on their hands. Right. Yeah. (laughs) 
Which is, uh, which is, according to you know every community's Dr. Fauci, probably a real threat. To how much though? To who? And by the way, as as your wife accurately pronounced it, the Obampin that was in there prior <laughs> to this going in, yeah. the Obampin had several peanut items on their menu, and no one once said anything about it because it was an Obampin. Okay. But this one has PB and J in the name, and apparently that is just too much for people to bear, so, and they can't deal with it. So okay, so I kind of honestly come down a little bit on the other side of this. I mean, I don't, I'm not like about to go out here and shut down the PB and J cafe, mm-hmm. but I certainly we have a kid with peanut allergies, and I wouldn't take him there to eat, to be honest. And I mean, he doesn't have super severe allergies, like touch allergies, but there are kids who you know if they touch peanut butter will have an anaphylactic reaction and it's not that there were peanut items and lots of other allergen items available at Obonpent too but the focus of this restaurant and I have their menu in front of me is they have the classic PB&J the build your own peanut butter sandwich the peanut butter and sliced banana sandwich the peanut butter and chocolate sauce sandwich the chunky peanut butter and honey sandwich um, et cetera. Right. So their menu really is mostly PB&J. And so when they responded to this criticism, they said like, well, we also offer almond butter as a substitute, which is like, great. But if you're one of the kids who's going to touch a peanut and die, then, you know, that's small consolation. So it's because this place is full of it. And obviously that's marketed to the kids going into the museum, which in Obama isn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the idea is that it's going kids are going to hit the museum and the PB and J place. That's why it's there. That's why they chose that spot. How are you liking your little cookie buddy now, VB? So, but wait, let me finish my <laughs> thought. And the problem with peanut butter, the problem with peanut butter is that kids do get it everywhere. It's not just, you know, they don't eat it there. And yes, it was never banned at the other places that were there before. But the idea that you're going to serve a bunch of kids peanut butter and then have them run through the museum is scary to parents whose kids could then touch that peanut butter and have to go to the hospital. So, so, I mean, I think they absolutely will lose patrons over it. It probably, uh, you know, because there are parents who are that fearful and, and I think it's not, it depends how severely allergic your child is, but that, that's a more significant risk than a McDonald's or an Obon pound. I mean, I would like I say, I, well, would, I wouldn't take my wouldn't kid a, there to eat. They wouldn't want a McDonald's there, right? Because fast food's the great Satan to a well, lot of I people now. Well, I would love to have a McDonald's there, personally. I know, but there's, <laughs> you're, you're, this is this is what right. we run into, which is you cannot please everybody. And if one percent is a loud minority able to shut things down, you're never going to have. What are you going to put in at a, next to a children's museum? A, a thing that specializes in pate? I mean, this <laughs> is what kids eat. Ninety-five percent of them they eat peanut butter and jelly. So it does make sense. And I get that there are kids that have peanut allergies. My daughter has a hazelnut allergy, so we have to be. She has a walnut allergy as well. We have to be careful about what she eats, and we keep an eye on it and whatever. Right, but what those I put aren't like. The, You know, if there was a store that was focused specifically on selling hazelnut and walnut butter items to kids, would you take your daughter there to eat? Of course not. But I would take her to the Children's Museum. Absolutely. She knows what she's capable of. She's been educated on it. We have the EpiPen if we're going there anyway. But but it'd be like, honey, look, we're going to the museum. We're not going into that place, obviously. And she'd be like, oh, that stinks. Yeah, it does. It's fine. And we're going to enjoy the museum anyway because that's what it's about. But I think... um... I was just looking at the numbers. About two or three percent of kids have peanut allergies, so it's small. And to what extent does that, within that grouping, what ex- what percentage has the touch thing that lasts after a certain? Yeah, amount I mean, of I don't time. know, but I mean, it's not just the kid with the peanut allergies that's not going to go. It's their siblings also. So yes. you know, like sorry, we have, VB, uh, we've quadrupled. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer Shattuck no, wants not, it shut down. I'm not. I don't want it shut down. I'm just saying they're absolutely going to lose some people who will not, for medical reasons, be able to go there. I mean, and I... It, but the, it the idea that you have to... When my kids go to the movies, which if you can remember back when there was a time when you could do that, mm-hmm. I would explain to them, we don't always get snacks when we go to the movies. And they will scream and hoot and holler, too bad. It's not an eating extravaganza. We're going to see a film or a, a movie. 
So the idea that you have to eat when you go to the Children's mm. Museum, I've been to the Children's Museum and I've not gone to the Oban Pan. It's no, no and deal. we didn't go Whatever. there either when we went, but I, but there are a lot of things that kids touch in the Children's Museum and a lot of but kids, when, when they I, eat peanut was, butter, that's I, why they don't allow it in like preschools and stuff, you know? And it's not because the kid is necessarily going to eat someone else's peanut butter. It's because, you know, it gets on stuff. So our kid, he's not like super, super reactive to peanut. But, you know, Tom's brother one time brought some dog treats for our dog that had peanut in them. And he was on Benadryl for like the next three days because there was like peanut dust in the air that was making him go red and puffy, you know? So it's, you know, you just don't want to deal with that if you're going to a place where there's peanut allergies and where there's peanuts around. We used to love going to Texas Roadhouse. We don't go there. So there are just going to be families that are going to make the choice just not to go to the Children's Museum, which, like you say, is fine. But I I think they absolutely will lose business over it, you know, And, and it is telling those people that have allergies like that. You're not welcome at the Children's Museum. You know, that's that's the message. When you walk into the Children's Museum, more so now than it was even then, but there are Purell places everywhere. Kids mm-hmm. are told and parents are told and you got to do this, that and the other thing. And you got to be careful with what you do. Now, if your kid has that kind of peanut allergy to that level, first of all, you, you got to pick and choose where you go and you got to be very careful about it. And also one of the things that you probably are going to pass on is the touching exhibits because you risk reward with everything. And if you are that sensitive to it, what you have two choices. One is you shut down 99% of the people and what they like to do to placate you, or mm-hmm. you shut down your thing and you go, well, man, true. that's thing. I'd love to have touched the stingray, but you know what? It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. it's well, look, I get it. But the message is that the children's museum isn't for you. If you have a strong, a, a strong peanut allergy, then the children's museum is not a place for you. So that's the message all, that those kid, parents and those parents, kids... Any parent kid could come in with gunk on of his course, hands anyway Of course, but the odds are a lot higher if you put a smear peanut butter over, all over yourself station right outside the door, which is what this is. Let's be real. Have you seen our kids eat? I have. Um, And they're not clean. So if you... Put a spot well, by the door of the building well, where kids are going to touch well, a bunch Alice, of peanut butter. The good, odds go up. Good mask-wearing liberals like you who tr- try to personify and demonstrate physically how good you are with all your lawn signs and mm-hmm. all your mask-wearing mm-hmm. and all your Facebook posting about people without them can wipe your kids down before you send them out into the the ropes and the swings and stuff. Oh, well, yeah. So, But you're you. counting on other people to do that. And I, I mean... Look, like I say, I'm not saying they have to get rid of it or something, but I'm saying that it does send a message to parents of kids with food allergies, which is we don't need your business. That's what it says. And so that's fine. That, that is the message. And that that's what UNVB are saying. That's what UNVB are saying. Just You're walk saying around it. It, it. If your kid is that allergic, then you can't go to the Children's Museum. That's the message. And that's what those parents are taking away. And that's why they're mad. Because no, the, the Children's Museum said our museum no. isn't for you anymore. That's what they said. No. Oh, I've never complained that there's so many bars around the Boston Garden. Like, that's just not my thing. It's not my deal. And it's fine. I have to be aware, be vigilant, take precautions, etc. I think you, as a parent, I do this with my daughter all the time. And that's how you have to go. The other angle to this story, by the way, is the way the Globe covered it. They made the owner of the place feel like he was some sort of white supremacist who had to defend himself. And he actually had comments in the paper, like, we didn't mean to offend anybody when we named this B&J. And I swear to you, we had the best of intentions. He was given the third degree, like he is a bad person for trying to bring joy and pleasure to kids. It was crazy. Alice, did you write that piece today? Um, Yes, I am a secretly a globe writer. No, I didn't. I mean, I... Like I say, I don't mind. Places can exist where I can't take my kids, but it's tough to have. And, and I know this because I'm in a lot of like food allergy parent groups online and stuff that, you know, people put a lot of effort into figuring <laughs> out where the safe places are and determining what the risks are. And so when a place changes the level of risk that is at that place and you no longer feel comfortable going there, then, you know, it really is the the, the company has made a decision that. They don't need your business, that the business of 
that one percent of people, like you said, VB, there's you can make one percent of people happy or you can make the other ninety nine percent happy. So the people that want to go to the peanut butter and jelly cafe are more important to the children's museum than the people whose kids have severe peanut allergies. And that's that's, that's, that's right. the decision that's- that they made, and that's fine. No. But you can't blame the other people for being offended either. You know, I can't. I think those people often just are hell bent on making you yield to what it is that makes them comfortable. When in this Correct. case, I don't think this was a anything. I think they got a company that is a local New England company that wanted to go in there, which by the way, there's not a lot of places opening restaurants right now, in case you didn't notice. Right. These guys say, we'll take this on and local, great, they're kid friendly, everything works out great. But people Everything has to be a knockdown, drag out controversy. And this one to me is just, it's crazy and it's stupid. And I don't know what would please people to have in there. It would be better to have a McDonald's in there. How can that be? How? Well, uh, well, obviously it would be better, but. Well, the thing is McDonald's can't, if you take your kid to McDonald's to eat, it's far less likely to uh, send another kid who is near your kid later to the hospital. That's all. Whoa, so. Alice. Uh, we, the same kid, our kid, has a sesame seed uh, allergy. Mm-hmm. Well, McDonald's has sesame seeds, doesn't it? They do. Well, there you go. But sesame seeds are harder what to the- smear on your hands. That's the point. Peanut butter is the number one allergy among kids, <laughs> and it is a pervasive substance that's hard to get off of stuff. And kids get it everywhere. Uh, I mean, within reason here. That's why. That's why kids. That's why they don't give it to kids like in preschools when you have an allergic kid because it's really hard to keep it under control. And this is not just a a restaurant that happens to have PB and J in the name. Their menu is comprised. You know, whatever percent here, I think there's there's one menu item that doesn't have PB and J by doesn't have peanut butter by default. I mean that's and that's been smeared too, by the way. I mean it doesn't. I'm not saying I need to go there, but big government bully central planner, and you want to ruin the children's museum for everybody. Should be banned just because you chose to have a child with a peanut allergy. I never said anything should be banned. I mean, you can't. You know, when I remember, I went to Storyland. We went to a couple of years ago, and I I I was going to be in the the water ride with Sally, Mm -hmm. and a guy was trying to put the bar down over my primary fat roll, Mm -hmm. and he's like. And, I, and he couldn't. I was trying to suck everything in, and he was like, ah, and he was like, his whole body was into mm-hmm. it. He was calling him reinforcements. And, and you know, at, at that moment, he was like, he looked at me and he said, there's, there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. We don't usually have this problem. And I could have, Alice, like you want, I could mm-hmm. have boycotted a place and said, you guys aren't nice to the fats. I'm not going back there. But no. And at the end of the the story ends, VB, I did actually manage to somehow have the thing click close. So I yeah. obviously don't have a weight problem. But still. The problem How is, is there video of this entire incident <laughs> on the web as we speak? Because nothing would bring me more Christmas cheer than you and this guy trying to fit a round peg into a square I hole. Mean, that would have been that's fine. But certain roller coasters aren't for you, right? That's fine. Like certain right. roller coasters aren't for very overweight people. Certain places, like the PB and J Cafe, are not for kids with allergies, which is fine. I have less of a problem with the restaurant existing than I do with its placement at the door of a place that people thought was a lower risk place for their food allergies than it is now. You know, that's the part that people are upset about. So my ultimate take on this, Alice, is that a lot of times, you know. Something, some controversy will come to us. Like, I don't know, for example, the Peloton bike ad, if you remember Mm -hmm. that. Oh, yes. So when that happened, I thought to myself, it's hard for me to believe Peloton didn't at least know that there was going to be a pushback here or people were going to be bothered by it. Usually with these controversies, you're like, they had to have known it was coming or they're really stupid. I would have never, ever suspected anything was amiss here with children's museum bringing in this place even though they're not technically connected i i wouldn't have seen any problem with that whatsoever and i would have been completely caught off guard by it maybe that makes me foolish and stupid and again i have a child with food allergies i never would have saw this in any way as being anything other than a perfect fit yeah, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time like in the online food allergy community, so I guess maybe that's why I immediately saw what was going to be the problem. It's a here. fun fun group, VB. Well, I mean, 
mean, it's parents who are worried about their kids. Activist, and they activist wine moms and yoga parents they, no, closing not, down restaurants. They're not activists. For the most part, it's like sharing information. Like, do you consider this snack safe for your kid? Would you let your kid eat this? Have you ever been to this restaurant? Does anyone have any experience knowing if this movie theater is good with food allergies or not? You know, so it's a swapping of information. So, but obviously, you know, uh, when a place has been considered safe, or safer for a while, and then that is there, that's obviously going to set off red flags for food allergy parents, many of whom, I mean, many of whom call places that manufacture food to ask if the thing is in the facility, which isn't required to be disclosed on ingredients. You know, some places will put, like, manufacturing on equipment that processes, but other places won't. So... But they'll call companies before they feed food to their kids and they'll ask for feedback from other people to know if a place is safe or not. And I just know by the standards that a lot of those parents have that a lot of them absolutely would not take their kid to the Children's Museum with that restaurant adjoining. They I can tell you this, that you you may not take your child there at this point, but you're probably going to have to take your husband because what he has learned is that peanut butter is being smeared everywhere and he's going to be licking that stuff up in the second he. <laughs> You know what? Woe betide you. That is anti-fatism you know, once again. It's hey, uh, Abby, we got to, unless okay. you want to get a few more um, anti-business no, shots in on VP. It's not an anti-business thing. Like I said, I don't oppose the place's right to exist. I just know that there are going to be people who will not feel that they're welcome there anymore. So that's the message that it sends to parents of kids with food allergies. And, you know, it's like when my sister made us go to her graduation dinner at a Thai place and I had to leave with Anson because his eyes puffed completely up. You got to close that down. Red. Close that business right down. That's what you want to do. And you, you know, because there was just too much peanut like in the atmosphere. Alice there. de Blasio wants to go. You know, I don't want to shut anything down. All right. But I wouldn't go. And other parents wouldn't go, too. VBA, before I let you go, VBA, we heard you on Jerry Callahan's podcast today. Uh, I thought you did a serviceable job. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> Jerry is very upset about this uh, this place kicker. I, was, I know we gotta we gotta pass the hatch yet. We gotta get him a Vanderbilt game jersey for Christmas because he <laughs> he cannot get enough of Sarah Fuller. Man, oh yeah, <laughs> history is made. Alice, a, a, a woman went on the football team. I told you the about ball. this. Something, I told you some, the history had been made. Something I call a squib kick, by the way, Alice, yeah. which I learned today. So apparently Jerry's- they had her warming up uh, kicking 14-yard field goals because she can't hit it consistently. And then she lectured, like VB yards. with his radio crew of producers, she lectured them. You know, about not. Uh, That's the most unbelievable thing. And that the fact that she doesn't understand that for 99% of us, that is offensive. That she she said at halftime, I would like to address the team. And then she gave them a calling down because they weren't rah rah Harry High School supporting everybody while they're getting their diapers kicked. And they're 8 0 oh, 7. And I don't think these guys really wanted to hear it from the new girl in town. Right. But she did it. And then she bragged about it afterwards and said, Oh, some coaches said, they wish they'd said what I said. No coach worth their salt would be saying that to a team that was 0-7 and was getting destroyed at half like that. That that but this is what's happened in that case. They're just they're printing the big rock candy mountain version of what they wish happened versus what really happened, which was it was a cheap novelty stunt. Yep. Fine. I'm yep. fine with that. But they just won't go with what it was. They will continue to talk about what they wished it was. Right. And it's going to be wished into being considered fact now, which is why, you know, years and years of this. Now you've got, um, uh, you know, Yamishi Alcinder telling us the new Biden incoming cabinet is the Avengers coming to save us all. And she believes it. <sighs> That's fine. He is VB the Wise on Twitter. VB the wise on Twitter. You can. I still want Alice's Christmas cookies. I hope I have. Oh, I didn't. Word. I didn't want to say anything on the podcast or to you guys, but I am actually allergic to gingerbread. And uh, by Alice's rules, Good. we can't have it within. I six will miles. definitely be bringing some over for you. <laughs> All right, VB. Thank you. Thanks, VB. Carry on. Nutted peas. Not worth it. I do apologize for Alice's insistence. By the way, that um, gingerbread is good. And VBC, he's always had a problem with that. He's got a he's got a terrible palate. I feel bad for him. But uh, he's a good follow on Twitter at VB the Wise. All right, where are we? Where are we? Just a couple little tidbits I had picked up that I wanted to pass along before we say goodbye. First of all, Sanjay Gupta on CNN, who um, who 
immediately after Trump was elected, uh, said that this fervor had not been seen like this of nationalism since Adolf Hitler, and that this was tracking perfectly with Hitler, which is uh, great to hear. Sanjay Gupta uh, reviewed uh, Barack Obama's book. He's got a book out, if you don't know. It's called Being the Most Perfect President in the History of the Earth <laughs> with a Scandal-Free um, Administration. This is Gupta's uh, impression of the book. It is well written, certainly the best written presidential memoir I have read. Obama has an easy and stylish way with words describing walking through the West Coast. Okay, thank you. That sounds good. I'll check that out. And let's see. Oh, yes. There was a Vice President Joe Biden was um, questioned today by reporters. A hard-hitting question. Mr. President-elect, how does your foot feel? How's your foot? Good. And that was it. That is what you'll get from the press in Joe Biden mm -hmm. right now. In her defense... It was not a terrible question, considering she had to yout, shout it from down the street, mm -hmm. and it was something that he would say words in exchange for. But this will be a cakewalk for these guys, depending. It, there's a chance, depending on who you get, it's going to be a, ba a, a, a battle of personalities. If mm -hmm. the press, if the press, the historic uh, press secretary's office, which is very historic, um, has some people in there who press buttons the wrong way. Then maybe not. I don't know how mm -hmm. Kate Bedingfield gets along with some of these press folks. A lot of it, uh, or um, or uh, Pisaki. Well, it's going to be interesting because we did see a, a lot of this in the campaign, like with, with them calling, confirming Amy, Amy Coney Barrett unconstitutional. And um, Biden is almost certain to go into um, a situation with a Senate that is not going to rubber stamp stuff for mm -hmm. him. Um, so there, there is going to be some back and forth there. Um, between what the Senate is saying and what the Biden administration is saying. And when reporters cover that, as we saw with stuff during the campaign, like the court packing question or um, whether or not Biden reads a teleprompter, you know, some of it was too brazen for the media to be able to quite gloss over. Like they mm -hmm. had to eventually be like, no, you're really not answering the question about whether or not you're going to pack the court. Eventually they kind of had to, because it was so obvious and so just boldly lying to everybody's faces but oh, we answered that it's all set we answered it it's done and and the media couldn't quite in good conscience like fully take that and write that down so we'll have to see i mean if they continue down that vein of of you know not answering questions and not giving the press what they need to provide cover then you know the the media could get kind of Feisty, especially if it gets them clicks, which it might. Well, and also, what's going to happen is, is you're going to get somebody like mistakenly somehow one day Yamichi Alcindor is going to ask a question that pisses people off, and one of the uh, Avengers is going to be upset. <laughs> the question was asked, and is going to tell a press secretary, Jen Psaki or or Bettingfield, is going to say, "Hey." You call up that reporter and you set her straight and you make sure mm -hmm. that she corrects or makes an, an addendum to the story or or fixes it right now. You put that reporter in line. And so then they'll call up Yamichi and Yamichi will A, cry, possibly, mm -hmm. uh, when they set her straight. Um, because a lot of these guys, they'll call up reporters and just try to break them and scare the hell out of mm -hmm. them. And a lot of times you're dealing with 22-year-olds who are clueless and they're, they're not used to being yelled at. Um so, in which case, if she gets upset or feels like she's being bullied, of course, then she'll go to her boss uh, at PBS, and the boss at PBS will either say, um, stick to your guns and go tell them to screw themselves, or the mm -hmm. boss at PBS will then engage with Saki. And then if Saki is one of those people, he says, hey, you need to correct this immediately. We want to see it tonight. We want to see it tonight on TV, this corrected and changed, mm -hmm. and you better stop asking these kind of questions, because all they are is divisive. It sounds like you guys are working for the Republicans. If that PBS guy, it depends on if he went to, it, where, it, if what kind of character he has, and if he's a, a journalist, or if he's a guy who wants a gig and simply wants to be invited to all the best parties. If he mm -hmm. wants to be invited to all the best parties, Yumichi will go and clean it up that night. If he's actually somebody who's into journalism, then he'll say... Um, all right, Jen, F off, and don't tell my reporter what to do ever again. And then he takes his reporter and says, 
I want you to tomorrow to ask her the same thing you asked today, add these names to it, and then ask a follow-up question again, the same exact one. And I want you to call the offices as well of the of the of the heavies and tell them that if we don't get comments by broadcast time or deadline time, we're gonna say that, that there was no comment and that we're gonna get a a couple of Republicans to comment on the story mm-hmm. and give them both barrels. Right. And then and then it's war. And in you know, I found that good editors mm-hmm. good editors I, the guys I've worked with, and I, it's almost all been good editors in newspapers. They are ready to fight in in a second, and mm-hmm. one they're ready to fight. But two, if 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 by chance, let's say a big heavy, one of the Avengers himself calls the the mm-hmm. editors, and they do have to make some kind of correction, or they do. Uh, like allow the editor to, uh, allow the Avenger to make a read a letter to the editor, which is, is one thing that we'll do a lot of times. If somebody calls and says, "Yeah, I get these all the time," says mm-hmm. one of your reporters has been a jerk to me this night, you know, you know, I'll say, "Would you like to?" You can be on record on the edit editorial pages. All right, now you can write a letter to the editor. Write it right to me. We'll put it in. You can say whatever you'd like. And sometimes they'll go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times an editor will make sometimes a concession. Some of the guys. I've worked with who have been in the business for decades, but they will never forget, Mm-mm. ever. Oh yeah. So don't, um, you know, don't abscond with uh, department funds. Don't get a DUI, and you know, don't uh, go to lunch uh, or with your fifty-four relatives in the back porch. After with you just told five of you people. and your sister, yeah. <laughs> After you told people they're going to be in trouble if they meet with right. more than three households. So right, so so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. I got some other stuff that we'll just do for tomorrow. Um, um, on Nira Tandon, I'm trying to do a little more work on Nira Tandon. I may kind of like her, Alice, in the same way I like Klobuchar. The more I don't know, <laughs> <'Cause> she's mean. <laughs> yeah, there's something I like about that, and I I'm not going to um mm. I'm not going to um. Mm. To, to try to uh, you know tear the near attendant hopes and dreams of of confirmation uh, down. Um, d- did we have news items? Anything else that I? Oh my goodness, Alice! What? Ellen Page. Oh, you mean Elliot Page? Ellen Page. The thing is about this is that I looked. You're this not up allowed on to call Ellen Page. But Elliot. I looked on Twitter. But there was an Ellen, Ellen Page, Page, was there not? There was. What happened? Elliot. Ellen. Page Ellen Page, Page is now Elliot. Page. And so the Post initially reported that Ellen Page was transitioning, has come out as trans, and will now be known as Elliot Page. They had to correct their headline to be that Elliot uh, Page has come out as trans, which would not be a headline that would tell you much about the story if it weren't accompanied by a picture. Um, right? If you just saw the headline, Elliot Page comes out as trans, you would just scroll right on by. Right, right because nobody knows who Elliot Page... Well, wouldn't that, we all the, know who Elliot Page is? That's it's the, the Ember's new clothes. We all know exactly who Elliot right. Page is. We've known all along, and <laughs> that's the thing that blew me away. We would never say the that's dead the, name Ellen. So, but you can't. That's so it you're not allowed you, to say the name anymore. But it's, once but somebody it's, but, comes but, out but, as but trans, the, that kind of like headline convention doesn't make any sense because it obscures. <laughs> the, <laughs> Right. The truth. Nobody knows. We don't know. We don't have the information that Elliot Page was an actor, because Elliot Page hasn't been in movies. Elliot Page has been in movies. No, Many Ellen Page. actors have come out and said, you know, how wonderful for Elliot Page. I've enjoyed so many of Elliot's films that he's been in, and um, oh, right. I, I think he'll continue to do great work going forward. I applaud his bravery. So. Unless you knew what was going on, this would be very confusing. So, which is why the New York Post, I think, originally had Ellen Page in their headline, and then realized that that was against all the AP right. style guidelines and everything that you're allowed to do. You are not allowed to use dead names. That's, I mean, that can get you kicked off Twitter if you dead name someone. So, if right. you mistakenly play old style credits of um, uh, Home Skillet, what was the what was the movie? Uh, Juno. Juno. If you mistakenly play like cr- the credits of Juno or something, if you put it on your Twitter that video, mm. then you could be banned because you just dead named somebody, which is literally violence against trans people. Jesus, it's a tough world. All right, Alice, what's going on? 
So you can find us on Twitter for now anyway at Burn Barrel Pod on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can shoot us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can also go check out our YouTube channel where you can watch a video of this podcast. You can subscribe to get notified when we put out new videos. You can like, you can comment. We'll talk back on there as well. Wow, you beat the hitting of the post. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.